Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Digging for Bones. I am your host, Tucker Max. Today, I have a special guest with me. His name is Pup Vika joining us. Uh, I met him on, like the rest of the guests, a lot of them, on the Atlantis cruise last year. Um, we've had a chance to hang out a couple times at events. Was it Dory? I think where we were hanging out. Oh, we met on the Atlantis cruise. We met it, and yeah, that's right. You came over to Portland. That's what it was uh, for Pride, <laughs> and I got to hang out with you then. Um, so I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's one of my favorite pups that I follow on Instagram. Uh, just to give you guys a heads up, to first, I do have two sponsors now. So if I do the show for free, so if you would like to support in any kind to keep the show going. Uh, you can head over to my website at digginforbones.com and click a link to shop at Mr. S Leather. Um, and that helps to support the show uh, as well as friends at Friends of Dorothy. Uh, they have a lot of vitamins and supplements and a lot that are claimed to make your loads bigger um, and just general gay health. So for those of you who are bottoms, tops, verse, uh, they've got tons of different supplements that can help you out as well. And if you use the code Tucker10, that will get you uh, 10% off your first order. This is the mid-season finale. I will be back probably the beginning of February with a new list of guests to interview. Uh, so I appreciate you guys for a awesome first half of the season. The support has been wonderful. Um, so yeah, thank you. So let's jump into it. Papika, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. So to kick things off, tell me a little bit about yourself and how did you get into this world of pup play and circuit parties? Uh, where did it come from? Uh, that is a really great question. Um, it's something that manifested very slowly over a very long time. Um, back in 2016, I fell in love with a man in Austin and he introduced me to circuit parties. Um, a couple of years later, or excuse me, a couple of months later, I delved into the music scene. Um, I got a group of friends and from there it exploded. I started traveling and I started going to circuit parties here and there. Um, experienced pups for the first time. Um, I heard this wonderful story in 2018. Um, a couple of years later, I heard, or I got to try on a plug for the first time. And in 2022, I jumped straight into, I, I just jumped straight into pup play. Um, I found myself in Fort Lauderdale uh, alone one night. My boyfriend at the time decided to stay home. And I ended up going and getting a pup hood from Leatherworks. And I went out alone that night as a pup. And it was unforgettable. So many of us have that. I went out alone story. Uh, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about Vika. Who, who is Vika as a puppy? Um, so <clears throat> Vika as a pup is... That is a really great question. Vika as a pup is just silly energy. Um, Self-assured. Um, <clears throat> he is the... The pup is the version of me that I desire to be all the time. He's super bouncy. I think he's a, a joy to be around and really funny. <laughs> Everybody laugh. <laughs> the, uh, you've seen the, the pup hood, the, the big leather pup hood, the one specifically from Leatherworks. It's my, one of my favorites because of the big bouncy ears. Yeah. Um, and I'm always bopping around with it, bouncing. Um, I took out the little wires so that they would flop a little bit more. I love it. Uh, Vika, when we took a picture on the cruise, we, we took this really lovely picture together, and I didn't realize until I get home that uh, there's a bone photobombing this. 
Uh, yeah, you purposely snuck in there, which I thought was hilarious. I uh, I really enjoy taking moments to be lewd <laughs> when appropriate. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Your lewdness is sexy. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, traveling to meet friends from gay circuit parties sounds like quite the adventure. Where's your favorite place that you've traveled so far? Oh, that is a really great question. As far as actual genuine travel, sightseeing and uh, visitation, uh, I actually spent over a week in Iceland uh, a couple of years ago. Um, after I got introduced into the circuit scene um, and began solo, like independent, well, travel with others and my own independent travels, um, I found myself in Iceland with a friend that I had met a few months prior. Um, and that was just a beautiful place to be. Um, kind of helped spur my interest in Viking culture um, and intent. That is where Vika starts from, the word Viking. <laughs> That's awesome. I, you know, is there any memorable experiences that come out from any of your parties that just stand out from the rest? I think finding the confidence to, no, I don't think there's been a specific experience that really sticks out. Um, I've had so many different experiences. Something that I feel very fond of is my ability to travel independently. Um, I'm not afraid to go to a place and find me friends or maybe not necessarily meet people, but just do the things that I want to do. <laughs> and uh, having, having that self-assurance allows me to do a lot of the things that some people wish that they could do or don't have the opportunity to do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can resonate with that. Being able to travel alone has been a huge part of my journey over the last year. Um, I just had someone ask me, they're like, I don't know anybody going on a, the cruise again coming up in January. And I was like, I didn't know anybody last year. I made friends. Well, it's so easy to meet friends in these places. Um, and so I think it, it's fun to be adjacent to a bunch of different groups, but not like for me anyway, as a stray, uh, being able to bounce in and out of different groups has always been a real joy of mine. It is. It's awesome. And it's a really great way to meet people and connect. One person in a group of 20 people is going to become a very good friend of yours at some point in your adventures. Or I would, or what I would advise to those that may be listening. Yeah, no, I think that's that's really great advice. Um, you know, so pup play is a pretty pretty intriguing to many, but not not fully understood by a lot of people. I still get a lot of people when I like talk to them on an app or like we're going to hook up or someone I've been interested in. They're like, "Oh, you're really cute," but that's like not my thing. <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, it's not my thing all the time." Um, so, what does it mean to you personally, and how has it shaped you and your experiences within the community? <laughs> So there are three things that come to mind, or, or, or three three words that I think I describe. I describe my experience with pub play. Um, one of them is the silliness that I mentioned earlier. Going back to my time in Fort Lauderdale, my first night as a pub, I was running around and being goofy. I, I think it made me more approachable um, to those that were out and about. Um, there is also the the style. I am extremely picky about what I'm wearing <laughs> or the way the way that I look in what I'm wearing. And I find dressing out as a pup has is just has just become my look. Or in some in, in the scenarios that I'm out and about in it, um, it is a look that I really love to wear and that I just feel sexy in. Yeah. I mean the gear fetish side and you do look sexy in your gear. <laughs> uh, you tapped on a couple different things there. Like the silly part's really fun. I think some people when they're being kinky, especially in their subdom kind of mindsets, they get really like into it. They want to be serious and like, 
you know, however our gender expression is, can that can express itself in different ways, but there's this seriousness to it that I'm always like, meh, I'm going to poke holes in that. <laughs> Maybe it's the brat in me, but like, I, and I'm like, Ugh. I don't like brats, but I, I'm okay if I'm the brat. Um, <laughs> and then there's definitely fun of that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And then there's so many ways you can express yourself. And goddamn, every single time I log on Instagram and see how these pups are finding different ways to like make it their own, because it's all like the same nine colors and the same gear over and over again. There's only so many ways you can shape a dog face. But sure as fuck, leave it to the gays and everybody else who participates in pup play. We have found tons of different ways. Oh, so <laughs> glitter pup, disco pup, rubber pup. He's got so, <laughs> or, oh, so there's just so many of them. Um, but that's really special. I love I think you express yourself really well. Um, I'll tell everybody a story. One of the my favorite memories with you is we were on the cruise and God, I don't even know what day or what night it was. Who knows? Um, but somewhere in the blur of time of that party, uh, we had ended up with like a group of four or five people and we went on like a quest <laughs> and Vika was like leading the quest. And there was just like a line of us, like with our hands on each other's shoulders, just like bouncing through the crowd, unseparated. And you were just like a caterpillar of dogs, just like moving in and out of the crowd, up the stairs, down the stairs, around the crowd. And everyone else is just dancing and we didn't care in that moment. We were just like having fun parading around the party and it was just such a good time. It was so silly. <laughs> I, will, I will say in those, scenari in those scenarios, whatever I become focused on completing a task and boy, do I wish I remember what task we were trying to complete. <laughs> it was a crazy weekend. Um, I hone in on it. Um, I also love weaving in and out of the crowds. And so I probably really was, I was definitely enjoying myself. <laughs> I don't think we had a task. I think we were like trying to find the task. <laughs> and then it's the LNS cruise, everybody. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, you know, when it comes to festivals and cruises, I just have this rule of like, if you have friends with you or your other friends, if you find an adventure and you disappear, do it. That's one of the things I like about not being too intertwined with the group because I'm like, bye. <laughs> but also if like we're hanging out for those of you who know me and for partying, any party or festival or anything, if you disappear, just guess what? I'm not gonna come looking for you. I'm gonna be like, they're having an adventure somewhere. Now, if you disappear for a really long time, I might, you know, I might put some feelers out there. Just make sure you're okay. Um, but I'm gonna, you got a couple hours before the search party's coming. <laughs> um, so one of the things I want to dive in with you is uh, I, knowing you, I know you love a certain space that I love and enjoy from time to time, but it's something I know you really enjoy and that's a bathhouse. Um, so I want to talk about your love of bathhouses. What is it about this environment that fascinates you? So <clears throat> I, <clears throat> One of the things I like being able to express as a pup is nonverbal communication. Um, I find that the bathhouse space can be sometimes serious, sometimes silly, but there is a lot of nonverbal communication. Um, I think there is something just entrancing about going and locking eyes with someone or making appropriate physical contact to escalate, um, honestly, the sleazy sexual environment uh, I really just enjoy being in. And even if I go and I'm not necessarily having sex, um, occasionally I go and I'm just hanging out. Um, the local bathhouse here, um, it's a really great space for just chilling on the weekends. Uh, the outdoor pool is heated and it's nice to go and just talk to people or go and fuck around. 
I love that. You know, and I don't think a lot of people know that. I've met a few people, and I'll be honest, my first couple impressions of a bathhouse, I would have never thought it was appropriate just to go and hang out. Um, but you're not the first person I talk to where people are like, no, sometimes I, I've gone and made friends, or I'm just there to hang out. And I think that's really beautiful to be in such a sex-positive place like that. And if you want you to know, fuck, you can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Um, just like... I want to I want to draw a comparison based on that I, I want to draw a comparison to Grinder and Scroff. Um, a lot of people put on their profiles or, or have this idea that they're only used for one thing. Um, well, these applications and online dating, whatever, or the bathhouse or the bar, any space is just a tool um, you use to connect with others, and they are exactly what you make them to be. Yeah, no, and I think that that, that brings up a really valid point that I've heard. You know, it's been a conversation amongst some in my community lately of like, just because you're in this space or just because you're in this app um, doesn't necessarily mean, A, you have to have sex with everybody who is also sharing that space with you. Um, or B, that everybody in that space has to have sex with you. I think there's a misconception of that sometimes, so I really appreciate you saying that. Um, for those turning in new, who might be new to the scene, what would you say some unwritten rules or etiquette that someone should be aware of if they're uh, venturing into a bathhouse for the first time? I personally prefer nonverbal communication. That's what I find easiest for myself. But being able to read off those cues as well as being able to express how you're feeling in the moment um, is absolutely required. When you go, you may find yourself in a situation in which you're dealing with persons that may be pushing themselves on you. Um, being able to say no um, is very important. Being self-assured that you can say no. But additionally, having, having the ability to understand nonverbal communication also helps you approach persons that you may be interested in or knowing when it's okay to approach persons that you may be interested in. Yeah, so like what kind of things, what would, what's some stuff with nonverbal communication, uh, what can that look like? That is a, that is an excellent question. I mentioned eye contact. If someone's uninterested, they're probably going to avoid making eye contact with you. Now, in darker spaces, eye contact may not be a good gauge to determine if someone is interested. That may introduce some physical contact, but we want to make that polite. Um, your own and in a darker space, physical touch. Um, may be the only way to communicate. You will want it to be polite. You don't want to force yourself into contact with them that they cannot easily exit out of. These are dark, confined spaces and you want them to feel safe and comfortable. You want you yourself want to be safe and comfortable. And the best way we can ensure that is by being polite in our movements. You will know if that they're interested or maybe they're interested and they're unsure. And that may, that will most certainly express in their body language. Absolutely. I've had people check in with me again too, where like I was really nervous and I don't think I was super clear in my no. And maybe I wasn't very clear right now. Maybe I was like, I'll explore this a little bit, but then I started getting uncomfortable. And I've actually had people before where they're like, just checking in again, is this okay? Um, and I've been like, actually, no. <laughs> and, that is awesome, Etiquette. That is fantastic partners of yours. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think checking, re-checking in sometimes, don't just take it and run with it, especially when you're in those spaces. But you also brought up a really good point um, about being sure in your no. Um, I think when you come into a space like that, 
you know, verbal communication trumps everything. Uh, if you can actually get the words out and they can use words, by all means, that's the most powerful and pretty clear and concise way of saying yes or no. But you're right, in these spaces, not every, there's, it really is just a nonverbal space and that can be really confusing. I also like to throw out when I read Ethical Slut, she, she points out how gay men are pretty good at nonverbal communication, but there's a risk that comes with that. It's very easy to misunderstand uh, someone with, with nonverbal. And so that's where those check-ins are also important because you may have misinterpreted something. Um, I, I agree. Um, and I'd like to tack on that nonverbal communication is not the only route you can take. If you prefer verbal communication, then that is, that is what you should be doing. Yeah, no, there's and no you definitely can't mix up verbal. You cannot mix up verbal communication, especially if you are concise and you are self-assured in your response. Absolutely. And it takes practice, you know, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's an art form and like an art, it's, it's communication between two, three, four people sometimes. Um, and <laughs> you know, it, it takes a little bit of, of practice, but you know, something I always like to throw out too, is if you're wanting someone to give you some empathy and grace for you to make a mistake, um, obviously depending on the severity of that mistake, it's also important to remember to give other people a little bit of empathy and grace to make a mistake. Maybe that's their first time there. Maybe they have never listened to a podcast like this before. Maybe they didn't do any homework and they just stumbled in there for the first time. Um, so like using words or letting someone know how you feel, it, it can go a long way, but you're, if I know, you're no means like obligated to be teaching someone you're there to relax and have fun um it's not your job to teach anybody for sure uh but i always like to leave a little bit of room for for empathy and grace um and also just talking to people who are older sometimes our culture and community has changed a little bit um in regards to this these places are a lot more socially acceptable at least in our community um and you know once upon a time people didn't really talk at all they didn't want to know who you were they weren't interested in exchanging numbers or becoming friends um so it was a lot of like get in get out and sometimes they were there i shouldn't generalize and say people weren't there to make friends and all of that i know a lot of i've heard a lot of stories of people making friends even back in the day um but it's just different and so one of the ones that it's taken me a minute to get used to is you mentioned the subtle touch um i've had people where they just very lightly kind of like put a hand on your shoulder and I used to be like, yo, don't touch me. <laughs> um, but I also have come to realize that, that that used to be kind of really socially acceptable way in a dark space to be asking permission was just like a really subtle like hand on the shoulder. Hey, like, is this okay? They're not, as long as they're not groping you or touching you inappropriately, sometimes that is just a way of like getting your attention. Maybe you're busy. That's someone, that is someone trying to ask your permission. It's not my preferred way of doing it. I'll use words before I just touch someone. Um, if the eye contact and the secret language of facial expressions isn't working. Uh, but yeah, that, that's really, really good stuff. Do you have any memorable experiences in a bathhouse that stand out above the others that kind of left a lasting impression on you? There was uh, one night I decided to go to um, a bathhouse very, very late, um, which can be a no-no depending on what crowd you prefer to be around. Uh, but I was up late, I was wildly, and I decided to go for it. Um, I found myself in the maze um, having sex with this very handsome uh, boy. And I was topping him and I realized that we had drawn a crowd. And it wasn't just like five or six people. It was 
close to closer to twenty. Um, yeah. And in all these situations, you want you want everyone to kind of be participating and doing the thing, and um, that's not what this was. Everyone was just kind of watching it happen, and um, it was a bit of an ego trip. Um, I was also honed in on this boy, um, and so it made me feel very very sexy. Um, those experiences, I would say, are not always happening, um, but that one specifically was. I was feeling very sexy. The crowd was very polite, um, and it was just a really good experience. I love that. I love putting on a show. Um, <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. As I drink a pumpkin spice latte. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that that's great. I think that's that's something. I, and there's something special when you like really connect with someone, and like everyone notices it and is feeling that energy. It's really beautiful. I just had. Um, for those who don't know, I just threw my first event here in Portland called Yes Coach, um, and it was a sex positive event. It was it was a play party that happened to have a dance floor and a bar at it, and so usually it's the other way around. Um, but it, it there was this scene, and we had kind of this makeshift dark room in there, and there was a spanking bench in the middle. You, you're gonna love this, and I like popped up on the spanking bench and dog pose, and I like look around, and there's just people going at it all around me i mean at least like a hundred and something people um and i'm like in the center of this crowd and i wasn't really playing with anybody in that moment but it just felt so good to like just feel all of their energy so it's kind of like inverted of your story where like everybody was watching you i just got to be in the center of everybody else going at it um and it, it, i love it so I, I can see we're watching or putting on a show is just such a, a such a great feeling sometimes um do you do you have a moment from that party that you were or you were engaging with some of the some of the party goers yeah uh my favorite creator uh jason who he's just a really sexy creator i've been following him as he's grown he's the one i got fisted at Folsom that went viral um he and i have connected a couple times um, I met him at Rooster Rock this last summer. He's not from Portland, but he's, he's friends with a couple of my other creator friends. Um, and he comes up to me with with my other friend, and they're in wrestling singlets. And I just like immediately fell on my note, my my hands and knees, and both of their dicks were in my face through their singlets. And they're just continuing to have a conversation while I was just like squished between these two athletic like wrestlers. Um, and I was just hanging out. <laughs> I wasn't even sucking dick at the moment. Like it was just like, I was just very happy to be there. Um, taking in everyone's energy was also a really standout moment. And my favorite thing was just the, the feedback that everybody gave me afterwards. Like the space was really awesome. Um, it was my first time running an event. Hosting is hard. I will say I didn't get to play as much as I thought I would because um, I was working. And so I was constantly checking in with DJs, making sure they were okay, making sure guests were okay, making sure the staff that works there was okay. Um, the only big takeaway, unfortunately, is we gotta be smarter with our lube choices next time. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It said it on the ticket when they bought it, but I didn't know this. And so I didn't really advertise no silicone lube. Um, but girls, you would have thought like they had squirt guns of super soakers and had a whole fucking super soaker fight in there, like a bunch of six year olds. Uh, it was 
on everything. Uh, people were ice skating around the bar. Um, at one point, I'm like with Dawn dish soap and a hand towel on the floor trying to clean it up with my ass in the air. Um, oh. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. And it's like a really, it's not a bathhouse. It's like a really nice, like fancy club. And so uh, we were trying to make sure it didn't get on like furniture and stuff like that. So next time it's not allowed or just put it up there in advance. I, everyone's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, I know you I know you know how to do this. <laughs> um, yeah, y'all y'all been smarter about getting things in places you're not supposed to before. So, um, but don't 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 get it on everything. Like, dude, it was on everything. It was, uh, and a couple of people almost slipped and got hurt. So, as much as I hate to say no silicone lube next time, safety safety comes first. And those hard floors with silicone lube, uh, I don't need someone cracking their skull open um, when we're all trying to have a good time. Um, so we'll figure out a solution. And if anyone's got other ideas, uh, open to it. Uh, I, I want to know a little bit more, you know, after I met you, one of the, the posts that you had and events you went to was the purple party. Um, it wasn't event I really wanted to go to last year, but I wasn't able to make it. And it looked like you had a fucking blast. Uh, what made, what makes that circuit party so special and how does it differ from the rest of them that you've attended? Purple party is really great because it's centrally located in the United States and it's very cheap or considerably cheaper to fly the DFW or Dallas Love Field. Um, so those two combined with the fantastic um, <clears throat> Purple Party Committee uh, that have been doing, that have been throwing the Purple Party for years and years, um, you just get one great event. This last Purple Party was the best one yet and for the after hours, what they did was they set up a tent behind the hotel. They got permits and the party just went all night. Um, it was wonderful. Uh, the main party was actually at the <clears throat> Dallas Fair Park in one of the convention centers that they do the uh, stock and uh, breeder shows for, for cattle during um, the state fair. And <laughs> The room was filled people, with people from the front to the back, and this is this was not a small event space. Um, I've never seen Purple Party so big before, and it just gets better and better every year. I love it. It's like for a nonprofit too, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, while I can't think of who they provide yeah. to, uh, yes, it is a nonprofit experience. The Purple Foundation, if I remember right. So many of our slutty events always like in some way form. I don't know if it all goes back to some charity or whatnot, but like, you know, Jay's really know, know that we like to fuck and uh, make sure the money's going to a good place or at least back out into the community in some way, shape or form. Uh, I find that really special. And I think that goes back to a time before us in our adulthood and being able to enjoy these spaces just from talking to people. I think a lot of us forget where that comes from, but a lot of these events started as like AIDS research um, fundraisers and, you know, going to a lot of foundations and communities that help support each other. And I think we've kept that tradition going in other ways and finding other needs in our community to bring the money in. So I think that's a really awesome thing a lot of us should be proud of. You can be slutty and do a good thing. It's, a, it's okay. They don't have to be separate. Uh, very funny and very good things. <laughs> so paint me a picture. What was the vibe and energy of this place? Like there's a photo I think of, I think you shared of like, I think it was the last party and you were on stage with a bunch of people. Tell me about that. So 
in this, so that was the main event. And there were two or four stages where they had dancers. Um, and towards the end of the night, there were no more dancers. They had gone off. And so it was just a party going and going and going. And we would get on this. We were just getting on the stage and, and dancing. Um, <laughs> we were just dancing on it. And some of the <laughs> some of the Purple Foundation folks came by and asked us to get down. Some that I know personally. I was like, yeah, sure. And then I'd get back on the stage a little bit after. They eventually came up, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> there was a pop that I was hanging out with that night, and uh, we were just being goofy. Uh, one of my signature outfits is just a bandana hammock uh, around my waist. Really, right. absolutely one of my favorite looks. Um, well, and you pull it off. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'd also brought, um, a pup tail, um, but this pup tail is like the, it's the alien tail from, um, ox balls. And so it's very stretchy. It's very lightweight. Um, if it gets pulled out, it doesn't hurt. Uh, very important for a large party, by the way, you want to party with a tail in, um, this pup had grabbed it with his mouth and pulled on it. And, um, to my butt strength and his pulling it, 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 it extended this tail. Um, the, the, the photo that which he's speaking of, um, and I'm bent over. I've got my banana hammock on. I've got this towel being pulled nearly out of my ass, and uh, it turned into a Renaissance photo. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite photos on my Instagram. <laughs> I love it. It is such a cute photo. Um, well, thank you for sharing about that. I, I, I always want to inspire people to go out. They they just see pretty boys posting pictures all the time. I don't think they realize just how much silly, goofy just wonderful fun it can be but it is also what you make of it um you gotta go in there with an open mind too it it does take some time to to be self-assured and fuck it i'm gonna go and have a good time and do whatever new shit comes up to me um it took years for me and it's moments like that that have me continuing or wanting to go back to the party love it some balancing interests and personal life. Uh, you juggle quite a, a vibrant adult social life. Um, how is that navigate? How's navigating that balance? And have you faced any interesting situations when it comes to balancing it out with like your personal life? So well, that is a really great question, and I'll say that I haven't mastered it yet. Um, I'd say that even currently, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, on one hand, and we'll start with the, with the cons, um, it's made it difficult to build some relationships. Um, you go to these parties and there's this focus on kind of hedonistic behavior, which while I enjoy, um, those are right here and now behaviors and not often from those right here and now behaviors translate into longer and stronger friendships. Um, but as a pro, um, I find that I am more forgiving of people. Um, I don't make people commit to doing certain things with me. Um, I can let them go and come as come and go as they please, um, without feeling, without taking it personally. Is what I mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's it's hard. I think you talk about the hedonistic side of it, and we're in there and for the now. And for some people, they want to go. They want to go to that thing. They want to be all of that there. And when they leave. They have another life they want to jump back into and leave all of that behind and i totally respect that um but it can make it hard and difficult sometimes if you really vibe with someone to keep that that energy you really felt some of these connections you can share out there are really powerful and really special and you want to keep that going um and it's hard and you also point out like being forgiving of people and they don't like respond back 
Um, I've been on both ends of that. I've had really awesome nights with someone before and you like, you live on opposite sides of the country and you really had this like great weekend together and you want to keep texting and a couple texts a day, it turns into a couple texts a week, so, which turns into a, like a text a month, which now you haven't texted them in a mo- like six months. And it's not personal. It's just the reality. You met in the middle of like a kind of a fantasy. And I don't think, you know, people were closer or the stars aligned or you, you see them again, things will be different. But I think you got to be realistic about the expectations and geography that's involved. Sometimes people come from all over the world to travel and go to these events. It's very hard to maintain sometimes after that. Um, have you ever, you know, felt comfortable or like had a really awesome night with someone and kind of wished it went something more serious or can continue on and it didn't? There have been a few, um, but I wouldn't describe them as like, oh gosh, I wish we could be great friends. Um, it's just like crushes. Um, but as you mentioned, distance and living in the day to day, um, it makes it difficult to maintain. Um, yeah. What would, what would you give advice if you do want to maintain a friendship? I can say with us, we've just kept in touch and we're not like trying to force it. We talk when we talk, we don't talk when we don't talk. And then coincidentally every now and then we could end up in the same city. That is exactly, uh, the advice that I would give. Um, being forgiving of people with their own time and also being forgiving with you and your own. Um, I had experiences where I leave an event and it's nonstop communication that I have to ask to back off. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's an almost a no forever, um, which is hard because you don't want to say no forever. Um, you want to connect when it's convenient. Um, living this hedonistic lifestyle is one of convenience. Yeah. You know, people say situ relationship, I think is what it's called. Like it's a bad thing, but I don't, I don't necessarily think it is. I have my, my friends for parties. I have my friends for getting coffee with. I have my friends for making content with, and we can, they blend over into other areas and as time goes on, they deepen, but yeah, I think, yeah, go on. Uh, so that's not the first time I've heard that word situationship, but I still don't actually know what it means. So what does it mean? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's situationship. It's like it's a relationship with someone that's kind of situational. Like the time, the place, the setting. You have a very specific relationship with that person, and I think when there's a malicious intent and it's not consensual, um, and you're kind of leading someone on to only use them in a situation, that can be kind of seen as a negative thing. And I I totally understand that. Um, but when it's consensual, like I have friends for certain things that we vibe well together in these spaces and energies. You know, it just goes back to my, me being solo polyamorous is there's so much that comes with a label when you say, okay, now you're my boyfriend. Now you're my girlfriend. Now you're my best friend. Now you're my favorite buddy. Now you're my gamer friend. And when you put those labels on things, there's like all these expectations now of what that person's supposed to be. And depending on how you were raised and where you come from and your background and the experiences you've had in life, you're going to maybe not align in all of those expectations and then there's going to be conflict and then you know maybe you can work through it um maybe you don't and i think it's great to meet people where they are and be like all right out of the whole bag of m&ms you and i both like blue ones so we're going to be blue m&m friends together but the rest of these m&ms i can go find someone who likes red m&ms you don't i don't need you to like red red m&ms too and so like 
I think those situationships can be really beautiful when they're nurtured in a proper way. Um, that you just have different friends for different things and they don't always have to, you know, go have dinner with your parents. Like that might not be the right friend for that. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of my definition of it. Um, so as someone deeply immersed in kind of the adult scene and party scene, what advice would you give someone looking to explore these interests, uh, but are hesitant or unsure where to start? So one way you could begin exploring is finding a friend or finding someone you could form a situation ship, uh, to go explore these parties. Um, <clears throat> having one or two with you makes it easier to connect with people. You've got folks that you can bounce off with, or you've got just a safe space you can go and be in. Uh, getting into the circuit scene scene is extremely intimidating and it took me uh, a couple of years to finally feel comfortable um, in my own skin. Some other advice that I give is knowing when uh, to turn off the party. Um, it is addicting. The hedonistic lifestyle is addicting. <laughs> um, even in this in this moment, I have a note over my doorknob that is a reminder not to let it get away from me. Because um, I have my own goals that I will put off, or responsibilities that I'll put off because I'm having too much fun. And knowing when to say enough is enough and rest and eat and do the things you need to do um, are, are very important. I agree with that. I'm really looking forward to having a break here next week. I am getting surgery next week which is part of the reason for the podcast, this being the mid-season finale. Um, I'm getting a tonsillectomy, and so I, I won't be able to talk <laughs> for a while, which is what I do. Um, and I thought about it. I was like, I'm going to turn off for a moment. I am going to close shop, going on vacation on my Instagram. My, I, I let my sponsors know. Um, I need a minute. I need a minute to reset. And I think that's really great advice. It's just sometimes you, you got... I, you get really wrapped up in all of it and it's easy. I have a hundred and something plus unread text messages right now. Oh. And the anxiety that that gives me, and it's not that I haven't read them. I've like gone back and marked them all as read so that people don't think I'm like ignoring them because I read their message. Um, I know it's silly. This is anxiety in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I need, I need to, I need to get that number down. I need to reset. I need to recalibrate. Um, and so I think that that's super good advice and the going with friends part too. I want to add on to that. Um, if you don't have friends to go to these events with a lot of them, uh, have, there's usually like a telegram channel <laughs> or a WhatsApp channel or a Facebook group or something. Um, and it's really easy to network with people who are also going alone and ahead of time so that you have like a point of contact or someone to share ubers with or someone to share like a hotel room with or an airbnb um and then you can also still be like your own lone soldier you just kind of have a little bit of a grounded uh home base with a few people which can be a really good time too so i also recommend if you do have a hard time finding people to go with um there's other ways you can still make connections i didn't know anybody when i went on uh, my first party adventure and I met everybody online ahead of time. Um, and we met there after we'd already made commitments together. Um, some of them we're still friends with and some of them we're not and it's okay. <laughs> Sometimes then, how did those, how did those relationships work after you, you met them? Was there, were there some social misgivings that happened? Did it go smoothly? You're meeting people for the first time at a sexually charged event. 
Yeah. What advice would you have for meeting people now and meeting people in the future? Um, when I arrived in Florida last year, I thought I was gonna fuck. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be so horny and just fuck all of these people I've been talking to for the last like couple of months about getting a hotel room together and like I was so ready. Dude traveling across the continent and traveling all day and being in airports, I got there and guess what I wanted to do? I wanted to rest. I did not want to fuck. I they picked me up from the airport and someone's getting a blowjob in the back seat of the van. And I just was not in that headspace. <laughs> I was just That's not there yet. <laughs> and I I think that like kicked off things a little weird because I was like super sexually charged in all of the text message. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? He said he was this and now he's being this. And I'm like, I'm a guy that's been on an airplane for the last 15 hours. Um, and so it was it was a interesting start. We did become friends. They The end of it, there was a little bit of conflict. I think we were just depleted of every little drop of dopamine our brains could uh give out um but then we gave it some space and you know what after a year still talking to these people we're gonna share a room again um i love every one of them and we don't have we don't really plan on like we're not planning outfits together we're not planning dinners together or anything like that <laughs> but i can say that if like one of them was in trouble or if i was in trouble those would probably be the people i go to um, and it's nice to have that. And there are also people I trust and I know we can make plans together and they'll stick to it. Um, and we still joke. And maybe maybe this year, I got a direct flight this time, so I might arrive in Florida horny. So look out, Florida. Um, <laughs> direct flight to parties are very important. <laughs> and yeah. advice based on what you just shared, uh, be careful about making plans outside of the events, like going to dinner and making brunch because there's going to be one night that you don't go to bed and you're not going to want to do any of the things that you've got scheduled. Oh God, don't yeah. overcommit. That's the other thing is like the amount of text. That's the one thing I promised myself I wasn't going to do this year. And it's already started in like the telegram chats where people are like, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. And it's like, if, if we cross paths and we're vibing, and you reference our connection that we've made online ahead of time. Uh, I'd love to explore that more, but I'm not committing to anything because I am going to say that I want to go wear a blue dress and dance on the dance floor at 9 p.m. on Wednesday. I arrive on Monday. You know where I might be on 9 p.m. Wednesday? No, neither do I. I have no idea where I'm going to be at 9 p.m. on Wednesday. So, like, why am I going to commit to something like that? Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> And so I think it's very important not to make too many plans. I think I do like having a couple like I would love to go, like there's some friends of mine. I'd love to go to a nice dinner. But you know, that that's the extent of our plan. While we're there, it'd be nice to have a dinner with you at some point. We'll see how it works. No hard feelings if it doesn't. Um, because, yeah, you're going to you're, you're going to jump in and find out real quick that things don't go as planned. And that's OK. And it's way more fun to just go with the flow. Well, um, before we wrap up, Vika, I wanted to turn the tables a little bit and see if you're curious to know anything about me or if you had any questions for me. As the Oregon State pet, what are the events that you get to go to? Um, so ours started out with no travel funds, and so I've been fundraising for my own. Um, I did get to go to Folsom. They paid for my flight there, um, which was great. Uh, so that was cool. I, I got to go to this uh, title holder brunch, which was really amazing. Um, there's been a lot of conversations around gender right now. And like, do we want Mr. and Miss and X? Or do we want to do personal leather? Do we want to do Mr. And Miss and personal leather? 
So there's a lot of that stuff going on. And I don't think I would have had the tools to have these conversations had I not gone to Folsom and gotten to see all the different people and how they express themselves and their genders. Um, and just acknowledge that the world is changing. Um, and I know it sucks. Um, but that, that was a really, really special event. I got to throw yes coach and there will be more. The owners definitely want to do more. And my goals for that are to do. So the first one is yes coach. There's going to be yes coach MVP, uh, yes coach all stars and yes coach world cup. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm really excited to be able to throw these parties. And then somewhere in there, I know I mentioned on the show before, but this achieving my goals and I'm working towards it. Um, I want to do another party called hide, which is going to be a formal leather play party, not a leather bar where you can get away with sucking dick in the back corner under the light where no one can see you. Um, no, I want to, I want a actual leather party where everyone's dressed in leather and bringing their gear and bringing their toys and you can fuck, um, and you can have a good time. And I think have a good boot back there and like get raunchy. So, um, I think that's going to be a really fun party. Um, ours are pretty small. It's Portland. It's not like LA or anything like that. Um, and then you and I were talking about, I <laughs> am excited um, to hopefully be your roommate and we're going to go to IML, um, just as a guest this year, I'm not going to compete. I can't compete until my title year is over. Um, but I've never been before. So I'd really like to go and see how the competition runs and the contests and stay in the host hotel and get to experience that before I'm like actually running in it. Cause I think those are two completely different experiences from what I've been told and be nice to go is just a, just a part of the, part of the fun. So you took my second question. I said, I was going to ask if you're excited to room with me at IML. Yes. I am <laughs> I'm so committing. Yeah. Even though it's six months in the future, I'm committing right now. Yes. I. <laughs> I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think you'd be the perfect roommate. Uh, you are a similar kind of pup to me too. So uh, I've thought about doing iPaw. Um, I don't know. I definitely don't want to compete in it just because it does seem heavily around moshing and moshing is not necessarily how I express my pup play. Um, I do like to mosh from time to time with the right crowd. Um, I just don't know if it's something I want to like go be judged on with like how I'm moshing because there's so many other aspects to how I do my pup play outside of that and that seems to be a big part of that contest so i don't know if it's the right contest for me um but yeah those are some of the events that i plan on doing this year so thank you of course well it's been a pleasure getting a chance to get to interview you and again for those of you who want to show support uh just jump onto my website and click the link to go order anything from it literally anything from mr s through that link and you will support the show um or go get your go get your vitamins to shoot someone's uh, eye out with your load not really but uh friends of dorothy with the tucker 10 code to get 10 percent off vika it's i you know i adore you i think you're such a wonderful good boy um thank you so much for being on thank you so much for having me i'm so flattered